2: Welcome back to Making Womb, the podcast with me, Holly DeCruz. And me, Eileen Morrison. Today, we're going to address that uncomfortable emotion, regret. There won't be a person listening who's gone through life so far without any regrets, and with motherhood arrives the opportunity for so many more. When we regret something, there's almost always a sense of self-blame involved. It's never a pleasant feeling, but is it purely a negative, useless emotion? We're going to get to the nitty gritty of regret, what causes it, how it affects us and what we can do about it. But first of all, let's talk about what's had our attention this week, shall we, Ellie? Yeah, why not? Let's (laughs) talk about what's had our attention. That's a really great thing to talk about.
3: Um, (laughs) It's been a big week, hasn't it? It's been a big week, yeah. I mean, lots of things have had my attention. Mm. Um, I think one of the biggest things for me that has definitely... um, become more and more apparent is the the reactive nature of people Mm -hmm. um and also especially like in social media spaces like where you are more and more accessible we've become more and more accessible for people and they can sort of say what they want and they just drop it and then just like leave yeah and um for me as someone who's new to all of this like it's not even been a year i'm new to all of this i've i've found it to be quite hard to, to deal with. And I haven't quite figured out how to process it, but I think it's like this in every area of our lives, that like people are just so reactive and also so uncaring about the things that they say to others. Mm. Um We're not, we don't hold space for people anymore. We don't allow people to make mistakes. We we have this funny expectation that everyone gets everything right. And if not, it is met with this aggressive really harsh critique um mm. and also just this I, I think like social media has created a very like mob culture and we wouldn't be very happy with mobs in real life
0: yeah. <laughs> I don't can know why imagine? we
3: sit by and just allow this this mob behavior like one people one person sets her dogs on everyone else yeah and that's it and it's it can feel like such
2: a vicious attack so anyway I'm just navigating that yeah and then it- But then what happens is that these spaces become really diluted because it's interesting. You know, you say that you haven't been on social media for that long, not even a year yet. But because you've amassed a big following, I think people think you've been there longer. Now, I've been on social media for about eight years and I feel like my content now is so much more considered I don't ever just post how I'm feeling or just like, you know what I feel about this? Here's what I feel about this. Because I'm constantly thinking, okay, they're not going to read that that way or I'm going to trigger something or I have to scale back. I feel like I scale back my opinions a lot because I don't have the emotional capacity as a mother um, to hold other people's reactions to everything. Like that stuff gets saved for my kids. I don't have the emotion availability for the general public. And so therefore I don't make myself as vulnerable or vocal or um you know uh assertive because I can't be bothered to explain everything to everyone. And it's yeah. this it's this similar to what you just said, it's this idea that everyone deserves an explanation. Yeah. And <laughs> You and I, I
3: think sometimes, sometimes I feel like yeah, I'll give it to you because I say yeah. things with my whole chest, like if or it's to, a continued conversation, right? Yeah, exactly. Like mm-hmm. I'm like I've put this out there. I'm willing to be held accountable the same way I expect you to be held accountable. And if you've asked me and I've responded, that ends that. Yeah, like that's it. I have chosen to expend my energy and to tell you something, and mm. then okay, bye. Like you know, and mm. and I I do think it, it 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 like we talk about choice all the time. Social media is exactly the same. You have choice. You have the choice to stay. You have the choice to leave. You have the choice to engage. You have the choice to digest. Mm. Make a choice. But only the one that affects you. You affect you. Like think about what affects you. You unfollowing me doesn't affect me. You digesting what I've put out that you don't like affects you.
2: Mm.
3: And so therefore you should just turn your head away and be like, right, you know what? I yeah. don't have capacity for it. I don't like it. It doesn't sit right with me. Whatever your reasoning is.
2: Yeah, or it's triggering. To,
3: yeah, or it's triggering for you. But when you go to that other person and expect them to hold space for your feelings about what they did, and you do it in a way that is just not nice, for mm. lack of another word, it's like, well, that says more about you. What? What's your aim here? Mm. You know, I, I find I find it very difficult because I also, like you said, I then take that into my life, my real life, off-screen. So then I might be a bit more um, testy with Hassan and a bit more um, irritated with Omar because this thing is sitting on me and it doesn't feel nice. Why should I have to do that?
2: Yeah, it's almost like a new boundary to create, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Which I feel like has taken me a long time to get to, but I do feel quite at peace with that now. Like, I don't, you know, I know people are idiots and, uh, well... (laughs) It's you. Kind of have to just see things for what they are, but it is yeah. when it starts affecting your home life and your other relationships. It's like, hang on, is this what I want? Is this what I've got the capacity for? Is this my? Is this serving my intentions or the work I want to do? Because also, and it just makes me think I'm not going to put myself out there for you totally. people to discuss. And then the world itself. is losing out on the value you're giving it. And yeah. it's horrible that you feel like you have to choose. I do think as well this happens in far more in female spaces. Mm. And I think that's really sad. And actually, I do think it's going to inform what we talk about today, this sense of regret and how closely that is linked to blame or anger or these big, strong, heavy emotions being misplaced and often misdirected because we just don't know what to do with them. Um, One thing I do think is important to say is I really, really value the people that are listening to this podcast because I think sometimes on social media... People aren't really engaging particularly intentionally. Mm. People are just on their phones all the time, right? And they're scrolling and they see something which annoys them and then they quickly post that it's annoyed them. Whereas with this podcast, hopefully, if you're listening to this, you've chosen to set aside time to be here and listen to us. And I think that's really cool. And I'm really grateful for people who have done that because it is... It's a safer conversation, isn't it? We can really explore small things in a big way. And I love that.
3: Yeah. And I think it's, you know, it's again, choice. Yeah. Those who have chosen to engage with this podcast mm. kind of know, they know the tone. Yeah, <laughs> like, this is, I'm here for it. And, and give it w- space to breathe. Yeah. And like, we're here for it too. Like mm. I just said all that I just said, cause I feel like I'm just talking to people who get what I'm saying. Mm. It's not like speaking to another 21,000 people yeah. who, where 20,000 of them have chosen to just be like, Oh, is that what she meant? I'm going to yeah. misunderstand her intentionally. <laughs> hmm. Like, you know, it's just like, I'm like, yeah, you get what I'm saying because you are holding space to hear and yeah. that's the aim all the time. And, and that's what we should do. Here. Like, yeah, to be like, what are they actually saying? And, yeah. how, and I think as well, like, you know, when we do things, so it's again, similarly to regret. This is why mm. it all seems to be quite on theme. Like consequences of our actions are much further reaching than we think that they are. Mm. So people put things out and they put a comment out or they respond to your post and they say whatever they're saying, thinking that's it, now that's gone. It's out there in the ether. Yeah. It's fine, because it's but out actually, because it's out of them exactly. But actually, the result of it could be much further reaching than you than you recognize. Mm. Um, and I think we don't think about that enough, um,
2: or we or we kind of palm it off with the whole be kind thing, don't we?
3: Oh God! But I, like, I honestly, oh, I think that was the be kind me, blanket, the most hypocritical thing I have seen yeah, in a very agree. long time, Couldn't and I see a lot more. of hypocrisy. Couldn't agree more. I think the same people that are saying be kind are the (laughs) ones that are tearing people down. Yeah. Like, and they only feel a smidgen of remorse when something catastrophic has had to happen and it's Mm. thrown in their faces and they say, oh, shit. And then it's like, okay, well,
2: okay, but... Starting, I'm, starting from now, Bless yeah, kind.
3: <laughs> from here on out, for the next um, moment, while I still remember and while every newspaper and every social media post is about it, I'm going to be very conscious of it.
2: Mm. And
3: then I'm going to forget. Yeah. I'm going to forget because this is who I am. This person who responds, who expresses their opinion, who isn't particularly kind. And so mm. I'm just going to say what I want. And that's why the be kind thing was just not really anything but performative unless people were actually changing their true behaviours, which we are capable of doing.
2: And being emotionally kind and not just surface level kind. You know, this isn't this is really about, you know, when I think about kindness, I think about hearing other people holding space for other people. It's not just kind of, well, don't say anything mean. It's its like, no, kindness is so much bigger than that. Kindness is empathy. Kindness is... Compassion. Compassion. Understanding, understanding and, and acknowledging difference and not kind of, um, you know, reprimanding people for getting stuff wrong.
3: But it's so harsh, you know, it's so harsh. I know, I... Honestly, I don't treat people with this harshness when they make mistakes. I went through last mm. year where people were trolling me because I would call out racial injustice mm. and I would say, you know, hold on, like black pregnant women are dying mm. and what are white people going to do about it? And I would just call it as it is. Yeah, And I would have people trolling me being like, you're the worst, blah, 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 blah all this crap. And I'd be like, what, what is that about? Like, you know... Are people not willing to like learn and to say, oh, I'm going to make mistakes, but I'm just going to, I'm going to, be, I've been confronted with something and I'm just going to learn at a pace that I am capable of doing it mm. at. I continue to show up, continue to create the resource resources and to try and help people to learn at their pace without just mm. shouting them down when they got something wrong. Yeah. Without being like oh my God, you're killing the earth with your reusable tissues. <laughs> like I didn't, I don't do this because I don't think that it makes any sense. I don't think, I think that when, pe- when people are treated with in this way, they recoil and they go back to their safe behaviours.
2: Yeah. So and we all w- turn
3: inwards, don't we? Exactly. So if we're asking people to really create tangible change, we mm-hmm. have to allow them to do that in a space that they feel safe in, but yeah. also with the wiggle room to get it wrong.
2: Totally. And I really feel like that's what if you've listened to a few episodes of this now, I hope you feel like that's what we're trying to create, because that's what we've been talking about for months, isn't it? Like in our podcast, that's we want to create a space for growth that isn't linear, that might mean going back and thinking, oh, I wonder where that belief's come from. Like what's informed that? Could that could there be anything different about that? And it not being a harsh judgment on you, but rather just a point of exploration or consideration that will impact you or could impact you in a really positive way and that is not something that you can do in a tiny box so what is regret because it's um it's a big word isn't it regret and i think it's probably the word regret is quite triggering i find the word regret triggering yeah. Um, yeah. What do you? What's your feeling of what
3: regret is? Ah, um, oh, so regret for me kind of goes hand in hand with that accountability, mm. and that is also something that makes um, us feel uncomfortable because yeah. if you regret it, it means that you got it wrong, and it's like, oh man, mm, I don't know if I want to regret that because that means that perhaps I could have done it differently, or perhaps I I I did the wrong thing, and that can feel quite heavy. Um, yeah, there's a certain
2: it, level of shame wrapped up in it exactly isn't there? there's mm. so
3: many things wrapped up in 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 regret that I think makes us sometimes not want to face it mm. um, or to feel it um, and we often um, will project those feelings of regret on something else you know mm. um, I I mean I've dealt with a lot of things that I regret I'm someone who deals with I have like very um, anxious tendencies. I can I can remember a conversation that I had four years ago where I said something that I then that I then feel embarrassed about saying, and I remember it at like two o'clock in the morning and go, oh, mm. what the, why did you say that? That's so embarrassing, and I regret it, and it's a horrible feeling. It's like mm. oh gosh, because also it's like you feel like you can't change it because we yeah. feel like we have to change that exact thing that happened that we regret. And because you can't go back in time, you can't change that thing. And so then it's like, well, shit now, what do I do with those feelings? Mm. Whereas I think with regret, it's such an opportunity for growth and learning. um, But it takes a while to get there, like to see it for that and to be like, okay, fine. I did that that way. And I do regret it actually. And it doesn't feel particularly nice. Can't change it there, but I can change what I do if I was faced with the same situation again. Um, But that's a journey to get to that point. I mean, I literally can remember where I said something so ridiculous to someone that actually at the time (laughs) didn't feel ridiculous. Um, And I, you know, I was going to text that person and be like, do you remember when I said this to you? I'm sorry. And then they probably don't remember
2: yeah work on <laughs> <But> yourself
3: <laughs> hun it's okay yeah Leave isn't it funny
2: we blow th- blow <laughs> things up in a really big way yeah. and it it becomes very consuming and yet for the person the other person that's involved they're like oh god I didn't even didn't lock it no <laughs> but we, it shows how much we project doesn't yeah, it definitely and how what how much we project the importance of the weight of our words or our opinions um and how they might affect those around us
3: But, you know, a lot of this, sometimes I think, sometimes I say things, right, and put in mouth mouth and I'll be like, oh, shucks, like, what did I just say? Mm. And other times it's like, well, actually, we can avoid feelings of regret if we just think sometimes, like, before we speak. Yeah, that's true. You know, if we just think or even think before we do or inform ourselves before we make choices, we can Mm. sometimes avoid those immense feelings of regret they might you might still have some other feelings of regret but those really overwhelming ones if we just took a minute
2: yeah and also if we were
3: allowed a minute sometimes in birth we're not given time and we're not given space to make choices it's yeah. like a rush. Everything's like, if you don't, your waters yes. have been broken for 23 hours and 59 minutes. And <laughs> if you don't make a decision now as to whether or not we can induce, well, then this will happen. It's like, you feel like you've got no time. Yeah. And then you come out of that birth and let's say things didn't go the way you wanted to and you go, I regret making that decision so quickly. Mm. But you weren't given the time.
2: Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely something about regret and compassion and gratitude, actually. Mm. The idea that, often we can look back and maybe see or consider that we could have done things differently, but being grateful for the experience that was wrapped up in it. Mm. You know, I was married to someone else for years and that's who's the father of my oldest son. And now it's like, God, I just can't, I just cannot be imagine being married to you. But, do and and it's been difficult. Like that relationship has been a difficult part of my life, but I, and I regret it in a way because I was very young. But I don't regret a lot of the opportunity it's given me to find out who I am and lean into that. Mm-hmm. So it's there are elements of regret and things that if I could go back and speak to my younger self, that I might you know give a, other pointers. But it's not an it's not um, a catastrophic sense of regret. Because a huge amount of good has come out of a maybe bad decision, mm-hmm. <laughs> which yeah. is interesting, isn't it? And it's and it's allowing, again, because we're very prescriptive in the way we think our feelings should look, i.e. good or bad. We often don't take the time to let them sit alongside each other. Yeah. Like I feel, I could feel a bit bad about that, but also great things have come of that. And I don't have to choose. I don't have to choose between regret and gratitude. I can feel both. I think that is a hugely empowering revelation.
3: Yeah, and I think we don't see that. You know, we don't Mm. see how... We don't uh, hear it. We don't hear people saying that. Yeah, exactly. But we we don't see how... Also, as beings, we're just very multifaceted and we are fully capable of feeling things, conflicting things. Because that, for me... Is was the biggest revelation when I became a mother was the ability to feel something positive and something negative at the same time. Yeah. That was like, what the hell? It's such
2: a concoction,
3: isn't <laughs> this it? Is weird. And it's yeah. like I don't I don't know which one needs to dominate, which one I feel better about, or like which one I feel more of. And it's like, mm. don't, don't worry about it. It's fine. You just feel how you feel. And yeah. there are two things that that are not mutually exclusive. I'm very happy for my daughter's health and well being. Am I gutted that she was born by cesarean section? Yeah. Mm. Personal thing. Nothing wrong with cesarean sections. But mm. for my own self, am I gutted at how my birth went? Mm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know,
3: I, it, it, it's that gratitude. Yes, I'm grateful for her being alive. Yes, I'm grateful for the NHS. Yes, I'm grateful for... Da, 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 da. Mm. But equally... I had a really shitty birth mm. and I'm not happy about that. Mm. And it's okay. Get comfortable yeah. with that. That's, that's what I had to do. Get comfortable with feeling both of those things and being all
2: right with that. Mm. Yeah, because actually how we do that then informs our onward journey, doesn't it? Yeah, and exactly. In, you know, it's interesting to me that if we think about babies, babies don't feel regret. Toddlers don't feel regret. Toddlers definitely don't. <laughs> we both know that um but isn't it interesting that so is regret a societal construct is it a social construct regret then is it something that we have learned to do with difficult feelings
3: i would agree that it probably is
2: yeah it's interesting isn't it Hmm. Hmm. because if my toddler Puts his hand in hot water, he doesn't regret doing it. He doesn't feel a conscious sense of regret. He just hopefully won't do it again. Yeah, and but it, it is literally hopefully. I mean, yeah, just yeah like totally. But, it, but it doesn't do it really again. move into our consciousness no? until we're older, does it? And exactly. we can, you know, we can. But it also it.
3: comes with those things of like shame and stuff. Because when, yeah. when we make someone regret something, it's often because of how it's been received or perceived by others. So we say, "Oh, you did this, and it really hurt my feelings," and da 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 da, and then you go, yeah. "Oh gosh, oh gosh." So then I should feel bad about it, and I regret doing this. Like it's a, it's a much bigger thing than just yeah.
2: So it's compounded that by the society we're living in and what exactly. other people are telling us we should exactly. feel. Exactly. Yeah. So with with his son,
3: if she does something, I don't know, like she hits her cousin. Mm. I'm like, son, you don't hit.
2: Mm.
3: You know, that's not a very, that's not a pleasant thing to do, is it? Mm. And she'll go, sorry, the most empty sorry Mm. I ever heard, because she doesn't (laughs) even know what sorry is. She knows it's a word that gets me to leave her alone. Yeah, She says, sorry, like this. And then she will just like move on and will do it again. She won't feel any way about it. She won't feel, she won't sit in her room and be like, I'm such a bad person, I regret that so much. She doesn't care. Yeah. She doesn't care. So, you know, that comes later when we're taught and how we respond to when people do things that perhaps, or when our children do things that aren't necessarily what we think are the right thing or whatever, where those feelings come in, if that makes sense. Like mm. as they get older and develop, sense that the feelings of empathy and a bit like deeper understanding. Mm.
2: Well, even a sense of a bigger sense of um, autonomy, i.e., yeah. my actions affect the world around me. Yeah. You know, which which obviously babies don't have any idea about, and toddlers need to learn because their world revolves around them. It, they don't realise that their actions have consequences, and you know that's something they they learn as they get older.
3: Yeah,
2: um, <clears throat> but yeah, this and this, I think the this idea of regret is it can take so many different forms as well. So if you think about, you know do I regret doing something or do I regret not doing something? Like, I wonder which of those is more prevalent.
3: Oh, I uh, I mean, I would, I think that they're probably sitting on a bit of an even
2: playing field. Do you field. think? Yeah, I, I, I think... I wonder if it's different between men and women. It's most definitely different between men and women. <laughs> <laughs> it was a trick question. <laughs> oh,
3: that was a funny one, wasn't it? <laughs>
2: um,
3: yeah, it's definitely different between men and women. But I think... Mm, sometimes we can regret not doing something but we we can also regret doing something. I don't think that they one dominates yeah, more than they're the other. Yeah,
2: not mutually exclusive.
3: Yeah, exactly, and they're not mutually exclusive. Um what would you what do you think?
2: No, I I'm inclined to agree. I think I think they they obviously experienced differently, aren't they? So like if you reg- if you're regretting normally if you're regretting something you've done, it's because you were embarrassed or you were ashamed. You know, it's those kind of emotions. Whereas I, th- whereas I think if you are regretting inaction, it's more likely to be that you have a sense of helplessness, maybe.
3: Yeah.
2: Or frustration that you didn't stand up or say something. Or, And I think a lot of people listening to this will relate to both of those things hugely. I relate to both of those things hugely. Yeah. Um, because as well, in today's society where we are not just mothers or we're not left to be just mothers there is so much about feeling torn I always feel very torn I feel like um, a huge amount is expected of me Mm. and therefore that to me feels like a breeding ground for regret yeah like will I get to the end of my life and think I wish I just spent more time with my kids Mm. Or will I get to the end of my life and think, I wish I'd written three extra books or done more work on this? Like I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. So I'm trying to give them both attention. But inevitably, then there's lots of micro regrets wrapped up in that. Because, you know, and I do think that's compacted by like a lack of boundaries and which I've I've had to do a lot of work on. Um, And saying no. And making informed decisions, you know, all of these topics that we talk about on this podcast, they're so interwoven, aren't they? Yeah. Because, you know, the idea of being able to make informed decisions, that is going to massively impact on whether or not you regret outcomes. You know, how much of an active participant did you feel? And do you regret not? taking more responsibility do you regret taking too much responsibility
3: yeah so when i when i was um at home my labor Mm. with his son and oh this midwife was just so horrible and i remember she left me basically by myself for like three hours she sat in the corner of the room just staring Mm. at me um and now I know some people will listen and go, Well, isn't that what good, some good mm. midwives do? Like they just sit there and it's like, mm. No, they don't. We don't observe you. Like mammals don't birth being yeah. under observation. So no. And you can equally, sit and be quiet, but you don't have to like watch. Exactly. But equally we um we treat people on a very individual basis. So what mm. does that person need? What do they what what is it that they're requiring of me? And can I give that to them? So mm. that's just a caveat that. Um mm. <laughs> but When this, so after about two and a half hours of her doing that really annoying thing, she then tried to come into my space and touch me. And she said, we can try some maneuvers that could help um, the baby get into the pelvis properly or something like this. And Mm. I remember recoiling and being like, oh, definitely not. Like, don't touch me. Don't touch me. Like, Mm. you are an intruder here. This is not going to work. Now, looking back, I wonder if if I'd have let her do that, would it would it would have like got into my pelvis in a better way, and would I have then achieved the home birth or at least not the cesarean section?
2: Mm.
3: Now, for a while, those feelings were I, I I would have them with a bit of regret, but mm. regret at what the the could have been, the regret at the hypothetical, yeah. which is also quite dangerous because it's like well, why? Why are you regressing something that you don't know could have happened or not? Mm-hmm. But anyway, this is how I felt I was working through my own traumatic birth. And I so I'd be like, Okay, yeah, you did that wrong. Like if you'd have let her, da da, da da. And then it changed as I sort of gradually healed from it. And I was like, but actually, what was really important at that time was protecting my space and feeling safe. And she didn't feel that. Mm. And if it then hadn't have worked, how would I have felt if I'd have then let her into my space? Mm. You know, it was, it was it was all very conflicting. It wasn't it wasn't clear. It's was not you know. It was like a regret. I would have regretted it if I'd have done it. Maybe would have regretted mm. it if I didn't do it. I did. It was it was so, it's such a strange thing, yeah. regret, because you often don't know if it's right to feel that regret.
2: Yeah, and also trusting that you made the best decision with the tools and emotions exactly. you had on board at the time. And I think that's that's a huge part of regret, isn't it? Because it's very, I mean, hindsight, we all know it's a wonderful thing. It is great, isn't it? <laughs> but it's, it's not um, there when we need it.
3: Yeah, and this is what I say to people when I'm doing debriefs and stuff. I'm like, but you made a decision based on the information you had and based on how you were feeling at that time. Mm. Right now, in the cold light of day, it's a very different situation. And so you can say things like, I should have, if only yeah. I had. But at that time, you didn't have the, your wits about you in that same way. It wasn't mm. the same situation. So there may be, rather than
2: um, like marking this up as regret, do you think we'd be better off giving women and people in general the space for the feelings that are wrapped up in it, i.e. Mm-hmm. grief, mm-hmm. sadness, rage. Shame. Shame. Disappointment. Yeah. yeah, because actually maybe we wouldn't feel so much regret if there was more space mm-hmm. for the emotions we pick up along the way to regret, <laughs> you know? Exactly. exactly. Because regret is almost like I've got all of these big feelings and I don't know what to do with them and I hate mm-hmm. it that I've got them mm-hmm. and now... And that means I regret what I did rather than, oh, God, I feel really embarrassed about that. Or I feel really ashamed about it or I feel really angry about it Mm -hmm. because we don't say these things. And it's like, you know, something we hear in the birth world all the time. Look, all that matters is a healthy baby.
0: It doesn't.
2: It's not. (laughs) That is not all that matters. And you are just writing off a shitload of feelings when you say that that's all that matters yeah because it is not all that matters how can we you know in in the world we're living in that is what that's a bare minimum okay that we should be expecting for birth the impact of our emotional experience of birth will sit with us and inform us inform our the core of our being for the rest of our lives i truly believe that i truly believe that to be true And so to say all that matters is a healthy baby removes all power from that idea, you know, the idea of the, the sacred nature and the importance and the impact of the emotional experience of birth.
3: But also the physical experience of birth. Like yeah. birth yeah, yeah, yeah. is utterly transformational yeah. in all areas of our lives, in our relationships, yeah. in our physical self, in our mental self, totally in our friendships, agree. like these shifts that happen. And each time you give birth, it's not just your first baby, it's it happens and it keeps happening and it keeps happening. Mm. And to dismiss all of that and say, yeah, but the baby's healthy, so... It's like, oh, well, hold on. Because also I think as well, looking at it from a very sort of, I suppose, feminist perspective is, oh, what, am I just a vessel for carrying this healthy child? Yeah. Yeah. Like, is that it? Or was I not? And for me, I work on all the time with, with my debriefs and stuff is like ensuring that women and birthing people are centred in their experiences, mm. in their decision-making, in their choices, in their births. Yeah. And when we say all that matters is a healthy baby, it's saying you aren't at the centre, by the yeah. way. This and you're isn't not about that important. You. You're not really important. You did your bit. And now you've got this healthy baby. And uh, yeah, thanks very much for participating. Yeah. And um, then almost
2: belittling women for
3: feeling sad. Exactly. This is what happens. Yeah. So when you say to someone, well, at least the baby's healthy. It's like you said, don't say anything. Mm. Don't complain about your scar your cesarean skull don't complain Mm. about your perineal trauma don't Mm. complain about feeling exhausted or your sore nipples don't say anything what does that say about you as a mother if you Mm. can't see that your baby's healthy and feel Mm. like that is enough obsess over it you know it's like stop thinking about yourself you selfish person and it's like where on earth is and i think that's all influenced by the patriarchy anyway yeah um, it's, it's
2: inhumane isn't it It's inhumane, 100 <laughs> you know when you say that out loud you you i really hope people are hearing that as 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 ridiculous because it is wild that we're we're they are removing so much of the emotional experience from women and you
3: know what's so funny so as a midwife people are like Oh my gosh! You must just get to hold all these babies. You must love the babies. i like tonight. To be honest with you, and I've said this to some people, and they just look <laughs> at me and they're just like, okay. I'm not I don't really care for the baby. Like, as in, mm. the baby has its mother to care for it.
2: Yeah,
3: I think there's cute i suppose and but they're not mine (laughs) i suppose you know they're they're, they're not mine i don't feel that thing they're they're, they're someone else's and my priority is to ensure that that person is well enough to see their baby is cute and to look after their baby and to feel all of those loving feelings about it Mm. and in order to do that i have to prioritize their well-being yes the baby needs to be safe and healthy 100 but the mother who is doing all of this and who doesn't stop. It doesn't mm. stop once the baby has exited the vagina. Mm. Like when will people understand? Or the abdomen. The, or the abdomen. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> um, postpartum is this huge thing and that that we need to be kind of like recognising that women and birthing people need to be held at all times.
2: Yeah. Um,
3: and so that whole narrative of healthy babies can get in the bin Mm -hmm. along with the trolls who were on Instagram saying shit (laughs) (laughs) it's a big old bin
0: huge bin
1: Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss.
0: A podcast from producerpaul.co.uk. This is something I find interesting.
2: If we have had a difficult birth, but we are... Um, told we shouldn't really express that because we're meant to be grateful Mm. um i think what we can find happening is that when other people talk about their positive experiences we can feel a sense of anger or injustice or rage or um it, it can it's why we become so triggered or it's certainly part of why we become so triggered and it really shuts down communal growth yeah. I think because I think we can learn so much from each other's experiences if we don't put ourselves at the centre of them all the time. When we are able to hear someone's experience without comparing it or without using it as a um, like cancelling out our own, I think it provides the, the ground for such valuable communal growth like with yeah. our peers, with our families, with our communities. And I feel like we're missing out on so much of that because, because we just can't deal with the way we feel.
3: Hmm. But and, also, we're not encouraged to. We're not no, encouraged no, no. to deal well, with we're it. We're not given the space least. to because, yeah.
2: because big feelings like this, the feelings that are wrapped up in regret and remorse, need real work. They need real space. They need someone to really hold us very safely, like a parent would, to explore them. And we don't have that.
3: Yeah. And I think someone had said about birth debriefs and whether or not they are like more damaging or whatever. Yeah. And I think, hmm, no, they seem mm. more damaging to you because you've got no idea on what people actually need.
2: Mm.
3: And so it's like we we see it as so much bigger. Everyone needs this therapy and they need, you know, all these like specialist things to help mm. overcome birth trauma and even and labels like of what they are yeah yeah exactly so that they can then be treated mm-hmm. whereas I'm like well actually I think a lot of it is just creating safe spaces yeah. for honesty and for feelings and for people <sighs> to sit by with an empathetic ear mm. and say I hear you
2: yeah you I know? really think it's what our society is lacking and missing yeah. more than anything safe spaces to be heard and and to feel. Yeah, and I think that's where this,
3: you know, this, this whole concept of it takes a village or this, it's become so cliche and, mm. but it is so true. And when we're talking about a village, it's not about people being close by or whatever. It's about support once we yeah. have these feelings and knowing that they're okay mm. and knowing that there are people that, just get what we're saying this village that we need to share experiences both positive and negative and be able to hold space for both because and not necessarily fix them and we don't have to
2: fix anything But everything in our society because it's so male driven is solution based yeah Yeah. it's like sometimes there is not a solution for how i'm feeling but it would be lovely if you would just hear it (laughs) exactly and also
3: like i I say to people you know i know you want me to tell you that you won't always feel this way but that's not fair Mm. I'm not. I don't. I don't have a magic wand to make mm. you not feel this way anymore. But what I will tell you is, the more you are open about it, and the more you work through those feelings yourself, it won't always hurt the same. Yeah. You know, it won't always feel the same. You won't always feel this rage if you are aware that you can just speak
2: and see and it you for what it be is. Heard, you yeah. know.
3: Um. I think it, it, because because motherhood is influenced so much by patriarchal norms Mm. we feel like we can't say negative things about it yeah for many people it's like they can't say that they miss their old self yes or they can't say that they are having feelings of whether or not they should be a mother you know, the, yeah. these are the like, it's like, no, 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 you don't get to do that. Yeah. Like, you know, that's what makes a bad mother. You don't get to do that. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. And it's like, why don't we just hear people when they say that?
2: Yeah. And there isn't a one size fits all experience of motherhood. No. But we've been sold the idea that there is. And this is what it looks like. And it's just crap. And it just, I think it leads to a very many feelings of inadequacy, regret, remorse, Shame. shame guilt yeah you know we can reel them all off as many times as we like um because yeah society promises an ideal which is so weird because it's like how could you promise
3: how could you promise this this ideal across the board of women and motherhood who are very very different yeah and who are going to experience things in very different ways and yet we Mm. should all come out feeling the exact same. Yeah. That to me is so (laughs) odd. Like it is so odd that this expectation is even out there. Like
2: I... The same goes for breastfeeding
3: though, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, all of this is crap, you know? And I say this to you like, oh, you should, everyone should feel a certain way about breastfeeding and we should Mm. all feel that this is the best thing to do and blah, blah, blah. And we don't ever say to people... I remembered writing a post not long ago talking about how I'd had this severe breastfeeding aversion. And the amount of people that were underneath going, Oh my gosh, thank God someone's talking about how sometimes it isn't always the nicest thing to do. Mm. Because it's like if you say that, what do you mean? You don't want to nourish your baby from your bosom. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's yeah. like Oh well <laughs> actually sometimes it's really <laughs> annoying. Like uh, sometimes I don't want to
2: whack my boob out. And that's okay. Yeah, guess what? It's not binary. <laughs> yeah exactly like don't have to gosh. like decide whether you're pro or anti breastfeeding you can like, like it some moments and yeah. not like
3: it other moments yeah. like uh, for me breastfeeding but, was a thing that helped me overcome w- the most traumatic experience of my life
2: yeah and, and you had a really long breastfeeding experience I really, didn't you? you had a like, like a
3: long, what 2 years and 2 months i think yeah and which is probably know, not what you expected given how
2: you felt about it exactly mm. but it was
3: that thing for me that it was very healing for the time yeah. that I did it yeah. and then towards the end it was like oh sod this like mm. I was like grossed out by it didn't want to do it and was very open about those feelings mm. and some people were like whoa like okay and it's like w- what 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 what's wrong what's mm. wrong here that I've I've shared like you my shouldn't body. shouldn't say that for this time. And I'm getting to a point where I feel a bit like, oh. And yeah. also recognizing that she felt the same. Not she didn't feel hurt. Uh, she was loving mm. it. But mm. her behaviour, <laughs> her behaviour around it was like I don't really need this. And it was like we both came to like the, our natural end. Yeah, and, and sub- was okay. like quite
2: subconsciously.
3: Yeah. Exactly. Because yeah. I never told her, I never told her, it's disgusting what you're doing, <laughs> <laughs> even though I wanted to call out of my skin. Like, you know, we we
2: don't, we, we're not honest because we don't feel yeah. safe to be. Yeah, we're scared. But also, it's you know, you can understand why, because there is so much pressure on mums to breastfeed. But there's also so much pressure on them to get out the house and look great and get back mm-hmm. into your jeans. It's like these things don't all fit together as neatly as you'd like to think they do. And what if we, instead of saying, this is what you should do, what we did instead was saying, here is time and space and support to reach the decisions that feel right for you. Yeah. And it doesn't matter to us what that is, but we want you to know that we support you. We will give you evidence-based information and research and we will help you do what you feel is right for you and your family but it isn't that and then it's like you know if you talk about breastfeeding you're anti-bottle feeding all of a sudden or anti-formula. or you
3: shaming formula? I'm not I'm just talking about what my experience is and what I believe in and that does not um, basically cancel out what you believe in. Totally. I don't, like, it, the, the, you know, we can have these two conversations, different yeah.
2: beliefs with different And they can people. exist people. alongside it's, each other. Exactly. Like someone can be stood there saying, I really value breastfeeding. I think it's, you know, nutritionally great for my baby. I think it's got loads of health benefits. I love doing it. I feel really connected to my baby. Full stop. And the woman next to her can be saying, I don't want to share my body with my baby in that way. I... Don't feel comfortable breastfeeding. I prefer to know exactly how much milk they're getting. I like the control of formula feeding. Uh-huh. Full stop. That's it. <laughs> you and don't we have both to argue about it. Yes, and are both supported children. in doing so <laughs> yeah. without judgment. Yeah, without th- being made to feel like you're getting it wrong, or without being made to feel like you're making other people feel bad. It is not my responsibility to make you feel good or bad. It's yeah. yours. Yeah, exactly. You know, when are we going to? really step up and grab that it is I am responsible for my own happiness
3: (laughs) but it's also it goes back to that beginning thing of choice yeah follow don't follow meet up with don't meet up with speak to don't speak to yeah protect your own energy it is on you to do that yeah so if you are like oh do you know what Sharon over there always makes me feel bad for bottle feeding well why are you still talking to her yeah <laughs> why like in the most like
2: basic sorry way, sharon
3: like, sorry sharon like <laughs> you're getting cut you, out the loop
2: <laughs> <laughs> like you just say i don't have space for this it's not good yeah. for me and that's and it. recognizing those signs yeah exactly that when we are starting to feel on edge or anxious it's like okay where are these feet what's in- influencing these feelings mm-hmm. and how can i um have some control over it what can exactly. i you know I think a really good exercise certainly for new mums is who does my energy increase and decrease around yeah who makes me feel like I can be myself that I'm heard that I'm valuable and who makes me feel like I've got to be someone else or I've got to really you know change who I am to fit and and I think that's to become or to exercise doing that is really valuable
3: yeah and I think as well when we come when it comes to regret and things like that it's the exact same thing look at what those what made you feel a certain way Mm. in within that what can you control Mm. so let's say you regretted having I don't know you regretted bottle feeding last time Mm. but what influenced you making that choice was that your mother-in-law your sisters your friends were all telling you that you needed to bottle feed yeah well There are ways the next time to be like, right, well, actually, I'm informing myself. Firstly, I'm ready for these arguments, but also I'm not going to allow these people in my space if that is what they are bringing to it. Mm. Then we can avoid feeling those feelings of regret again, because you say, well, actually, I protected myself from that specific thing that I recognised. and. That was what you were in control of. Now there are yeah, other and then in-
2: rather than the expectations being on other people to get it right, we're mm-hmm. setting our own boundaries, aren't we? Exactly. Around okay, no, I'm you know I don't I'm I'm not going to have that.
3: And it's super empowering. Yes, yeah, it's so it's empowering. It's super empowering oh. to just be like, oh yeah, do you know what I don't like it? Bye. Like, yeah. and you feel like, you feel like the shit, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I, I know for next time, like if I had that same midwife, I'm you, she would have walked in my house, but she'd find herself walking out pretty quickly mm. because I've set that boundary. I know yeah. what happened last time and I recognize that this is not good for me. Um,
2: yeah. So on that kind of note, it's, it's like, is, so regret isn't always a bad thing then, is it? It's not a no. negative thing. I think a huge amount of positives can come from regret. When actually we can use it. Yeah, we can use it and really help us to um, you know, lean into making informed decisions, to trusting our instinct. You know, trust and instinct are big ones for when it comes to regret. And I also think accountability. Yeah. When we yeah. look at
3: regret, right, explore it. Don't just feel it and look away. Yeah. Explore those feelings in your own time and say, Hold on. I feel like this, but was there anyone else to be held accountable in this yeah. situation? Don't fear blaming them. Just say actually that they they did that. So I'm going to hold them accountable. I played my part. Other people played their part. The situation played its part. And all of these things can be held accountable for those feelings of regret. It's often not just you alone Mm. that has done something or, you know, it's bigger. And exploring that is really important to get to the point of being able to move past it.
2: Yeah, it helps us make sense of the world around us, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. And what our power is to a a degree. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. often we can go into, certainly in pregnancy and birth and motherhood, we can actually go into these experiences feeling quite vulnerable, quite powerless. And like, you know, well, I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm just going to listen to what everyone else is saying. Mm -hmm. And often it is the things that maybe we feel remorseful or regretful for that makes think, no, hang on, I'm going to choose this time. Yeah. I'm going to do this differently or I'm going to do more reading around that or whatever it is. Um, it's an opp- it, it does provide us with an opportunity for growth, for emotional growth. I really do believe that.
3: And I think whenever you're getting those feelings of regret, mm. really say to yourself, like, hold on, because they can feel so overwhelming and they can feel yeah. paralysing. But really you have to say, I did what I did with it who I was and what I had at that time.
2: Yeah. I can't go back and change it. Being
3: compassionate with yourself. That kindness, exactly, that Mm. needs to start with you. Mm. I can't go back and change it. Can I make a difference for how it affects me in the future? Can I make changes on if I were to be faced with it again? Yeah. You know, those are the questions that you need to be asking. Don't look back on that as something, because you can't change it. Um, But definitely use those feelings of regret to
2: shape how Mm. you approach similar or the same situations so let's consider then some ways for you to cope with and make sense of regrets you may have let's have a little recap of our action plan this week Um, so how can we cope with feelings of regret so one thing is to actually utilize it you know regret is our brain's way of getting us to look at our choices and we can make use of that another
3: thing i think is um blame and accountability
2: hmm.
3: were you to blame who was to blame uh, what were the circumstances put that accountability in the right places and you might find that it really helps you to feel a different way about that regret
2: yeah following on from that you know did you have enough information because often we don't do we and it's not until we have that benefit of hindsight that we see. Well, I didn't even know about that. <laughs> yeah, or I was rushed into
3: yeah. choosing that. Yes, and I, yeah. you know, I, I, I didn't, I could, I didn't know I had choice a lot of the time. All time, all time. All time. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, I think as well, looking inwards. So the things that bother us, the things that or um, bothers you, the things that trigger you, where your vulnerabilities lie, um, and how that comes out, how it how it manifests itself. Um, And also sort of looking at those you're surrounded by and what that means to you, what that brings out of
2: you. Yeah. So appreciating when you've done the best you can. You know, we've said this already today, but the idea of really acknowledging that and not giving yourself too hard a time while still looking at what can be learned Um, and letting go when you need to. Like you just said, Illy, controlling what you can and letting go of what you can't, because that's always going to vary, isn't it? Yeah,
3: exactly. Exactly. And just, you know, I think when speaking about your experiences is a good thing. Mm. I always say to people when you're speaking about them, look at who you're speaking to, ensure that it is a safe space. Yeah. And open yourself up. You don't need to hide. Mm. So if that's with a clinician, Uh, and you need to go back to your hospital and have some type of debrief with them, then that's great. If that's a private service, then that's great too. Mm. But know that there is power in speaking and in opening up your feelings and emotions and experiences um, and use that.
2: Yeah. And anything um, mindfulness-based, I often find if I've... You know, if I'm really playing something over in my head, sometimes it's about stepping away from me. Mm. And it's like, you know what, I just need to take a breather from this and doing something either creative or physical or just going out for a walk. Or I do feel like sometimes we need to remove ourselves and um, give ourselves like refuel. Yeah, exactly. You know, whatever that looks like to us. So has
3: today's conversation had you thinking about regret in a different way? Um, I would love to know, um, and even if you go away, the, the good thing about podcasts is you can listen to them whenever. But um, more than once, <laughs> more than once, exactly. But like, you don't have to respond immediately. That knee-jerk feeling that you just had, you can sit with it for a bit. Mm. Um, but I'd love to know what you've thought of today's conversation, so you know what to do. You can join in with the conversation on Instagram. I'm at
2: mixing up motherhood, and me Holly at the Yes Mum Mum. And please like, follow and review wherever you're listening. So next week, we're going to be looking at confidence. Why is it important? How do we build it? And can we ever have too much of it? Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye.
0: Luxury quality within reach, go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Want flexibility? Take
3: yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.